Hi, and welcome to this episode of Differential Diagnosis, where we're looking at possibly the happiest episode in House Season 1, the one with all the dead babies. This is episode 4, Maternity. My name's Harvey, I'm joined by my uh, other host, Gaz. Pleasure to be here, um, and using the appropriate name for me now. Um, you'll find <laughs> in the previous episode, he used my uh, birth name, um, not my actual name my identified name um so i'm very happy with that um pleasure to be here as usual um um and we're here to survey the fourth episode of season one um maternity you may have seen there's a pattern occurring here because in episode um two it was called paternity now draw your own conclusions here but um I think <laughs> David Shaw is a bit of a thinker. He's kind of bringing in different names, a bit of symmetry, mummies and daddies, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, you never know. And I think the you'll find glorious patterns in the um, show title listing, show titles. Um, and I think it's testament to the monument of house and the basically an underappreciated genius of David Shaw. Um, I couldn't tell if that was all sarcastic. That's the point. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Well, this episode is uh, it's quite brave of a show to kill a baby in episode four. Yeah. I do wonder if, um, uh, but as always, we always suggest watching the episode before we talk about it it helps when we're talking about all the dead babies because you might have forgotten the maternity has a dead baby in it i sometimes wonder if like maybe david Shaw wanted a dead baby to appear in episode two <laughs> and imagine the negotiations where they went no no episode four and you're only allowed one because i i think if <clears throat> if david Shaw had been allowed to kill more babies in this episode he would have i think he'd have gone rampant yeah i, I don't know he might have just been able to extract just one out of the producers. I mean, it's quite a taboo subject in the Western, and well, actually, not just the Western world, but the entirety of the world. Yeah. Killing a baby, <laughs> a baby dying. Well, yeah. David Shaw doesn't. I don't think it's popular anyway. David Shaw isn't killing a baby. He's <clears throat> um, the baby dies of of a disease. Yeah. Um, so it's not like David Shaw is some sort of god or some well, sort of mega ma ma maniacal he, mastermind. He could have he could have made House just find a magical cure. He didn't have to kill the baby. Maybe he doesn't have any control over the fictional characters. Maybe they. <laughs> He's not like him. spirit writing. <laughs> <laughs> but that would explain some of the characters in this show. Oh yeah, David Shaw's just out of it. I agree. I think. Um, <laughs> There's an element where, you know, David Shaw has been directed by the characters to write these episodes. And who knows uh, how how these characters operate within the mind of David Shaw um, <laughs> and also the other writers that we will come across. I don't even know if he wrote this episode or not, but it's quite a gamble to, you know, say on the opening season, the major proposition of this the first proposition of this um the series and say hey we deal with dead babies 
Yeah, I, th- I think this episode is significant. It's definitely got a much darker tone to the other ones. Yes. I mean, it opens with a shot of a baby looking a bit annoyed, maybe a bit quizzical like me when I first set eyes upon this baby. Well, this is this is like some of the strongest opening dialogue. I nearly won a marathon. Nearly. What stopped him? <laughs> well, that's that's how complex the characters are. What? Did he don't kind of fall over? So much backstory. Was, was it he ran out of gas? <laughs> Did he not use the right nutrition scheme to succeed so he could run 26.2 miles? <laughs> so do you... Um, yeah, like, I, I think... I, I mean, do you, do you think these these characters are better well written, are better written than the... Uh, than the previous like college couple yeah oh absolutely because it fits in with my theory that the older they are the smarter they get in david shaw's um kind of universe his his oh shit the baby's going a bit weird <laughs> oh god it's seizing that's yeah, horrendous it starts, off, it, starts off, it starts off with a full-on baby seizure like that's the thing i think this like this uh i'm I, I think it would have been great if this episode had been episode three, because I think this, like, does a lot of stuff really well, which we'll get to. So, But I think definitely you needed to be eased in, eased into, like, the nice, like, the nice atmosphere of the hospital, how it's quite playful yes. before you got to this bit. Yes. I mean... But it's a, it's a very strong, like, fourth episode in terms of, um, it's certainly a lot darker, I think, throughout... Oh, but yeah. it, it doesn't lose any of the humour as well, which I think is a like really cements the show as as having a really like good um, like grasp of its tone. Yes, it's very well written in that respect because it does. Oh, we're in. Yeah, it, it does have that um, quality of being able to balance those things quite well, and I think it yeah. helps that there's always a kind of sarcastic misanthropic tone to gregory house md Uh, yeah because he like yeah even even um like there's even even segments where like house is obviously sarcastic all the time but there's even segments where they're talking about how they want to experiment on another baby Mm. and um and cuddy says like and they're like oh how are we going to get the baby to stay in the hospital so Mm. we can experiment on it and um, they want to use it as control while they're trying to diagnose the children. Mm. And uh, Cuddy's like, oh, I'll just tell the parents he's got smallpox or something. Like, mm. but I, I, I quite enjoy that all of the characters kind of have that, like that dark edge that doctors often do. If you've been around doctors, they're usually quite a cynical bunch. Wow. So it's nice that like, it's not just House who's the kind of crass one and the dark humored one. They all have an element of that. Yeah, um, especially this pediatrician dude who kind of just says, ah, just deliver him. It's like a deadbeat cop. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, we had a murder well, in so-and-so, blah, 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 whatever. We just yeah. processed it as usual. But Harris goes, hang on a minute. Well, the, pedi- the pediatrician's like a, a good example of that. Like he's, I mean, he he sort of walks in to help these people with a seizing baby, acting like a bit disgruntled, a bit of an asshole. But, you know, he doesn't have the wit or genius of House, so he'll never be a House. No. He's sort of House, but without all of all the charm. 
Uh, but he does at mm. least like indicate that not all the doctors in that hospital are just nice. Like they're clearly like they're clearly people. They have some depth. Yeah. Well, concealed depth for us because David Shaw can't give us an entire episode um, dedicated or a season or eight seasons dedicated to the jaded, meandering life of a pediatrician. Yeah. I mean, if there was a spin-off about that pediatrician, I might watch it. I'd like to know more. <laughs> You'd like to know more. Wow. <laughs> um but it's basically saying, you know, all doctor not all doctors are like Wilson, for instance. Yeah. They're all But I think it borrows from the crime that kind of kind of criminal procedural where you kind of have like a setup where someone just it's a jaded cop, been on the beat for too long, not enough holiday, stressed <laughs> out family, you name it. Mm. Um, and then goes, and then the the primary character kind of goes, oh, there's something here that you've missed because you're too tired or worn out or burnt out to see it. Um, so I think they're borrowing a little bit from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they do, uh, I think David Shaw has in interviews said that like they wanted to treat like the um the germs like they're criminals yeah wow. i think it is it is done a bit like a police procedural mm. yeah no that like that's a great thing that you observe that because he has said that as well mm. so i guess it's quite a testament that he's managed to carry that through mm. so quickly wow I, he's, feel, um, I feel like a pawn in david shaw's game now. yeah he's, yeah he's he's fucking incepted you oh my god i'm done <laughs> the, the thing the thing i really like about this opening i'm not sure you agree but um, is that so the opening is that house um, house like notices that there's a pattern that two children are sick, two babies in the maternity ward. And then he sends the team to go looking for any other sick children, uh, babies to prove his theory. Mm. That he thinks there's been an outbreak. And there's something I can't, can't quite tell if it's just from I don't know if Hugh Laurie's doing this on purpose as part of his delivery. But I get the sense that there's like even after even after all the babies on the uh, on the like that ward have been checked, like House wants to keep checking like other wards and is looking for more babies to check. Yeah. And I get the sense that House is almost quite excited by the idea of an outbreak. Like he doesn't want to give up. And even when all the evidence suggests that actually there is no outbreak and all the children are fine. There's like a part of him that wants to keep looking. And I know they've established this whole like uh, that he's, you know, incredibly obsessive. Mm. But I also think that he also like at that moment, he's obsessive about finding it. Not because he thinks he's necessarily right, but I think there's a part of him that kind of wants that. He wants to be interested <laughs> by an, by trying to solve an entire like medical outbreak on a baby ward. I think, yeah, you're right. And also I think there's a fine line between kind of being irrational and being ingenious in the sense that the only difference is is one conclusion is proven right and the other is proven wrong if mm. if he was shown to be wrong that there was an outbreak he'd look like a bit of a loon just wandering into the pediatric ward to these maternity wards and just checking babies for no real apparent for no real reason so well this is where they um they, they start the initial diagnosis and they go with a bacterial mm -hmm. infection and they decide to treat the children with uh, two antibacterials, which will be revealed that um, eventually all of the baby's uh, kidneys are failing 
and that they discover that the um, two uh, antibiotics that they're using both cause kidney failure. So they then have to deduce how they're going to be able to solve which one is doing which. And uh, they come to some very hard truths about how they'll resolve that. Oh, yeah, they they end up in a kind of moral dilemma. Well, not a kind of moral dilemma, definitely a moral dilemma. <laughs> well, absolutely. Like, do you... um? Because it's, it's quite an interesting... So the, the plan that they eventually come up with, and what I find quite strange, especially in, in this scene where they're discussing it, is that Foreman thinks it's MRSA and Cameron thinks it's something yeah. else. And the the decision that they come... Uh, basically, Cameron is saying, oh, we should take them off this, one of the antibiotics. And Foreman is saying, oh, we should take them off the other. And that they're just mm. kind of guessing. And then House says, oh, well, we don't have to guess. We, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we, we don't have to guess. We can just do a control where we take one baby off one and one baby off the other and see what happens. And it's it's quite funny yeah. because Foreman and Cameron then start yelling at him saying, oh my God, you're endangering these babies. You can't play with people's lives like that. Whereas they were just about to blindly take both babies off it, therefore possibly killing them both yeah, both without any them. further evidence, which, I, which isn't really like, <laughs> is a really strange scene. I'm not really sure. Like, I know the whole thing is to show like, I mean, House comes up with a great idea a great way of resolving the issue and it's incredibly heartless and it's extremely logical but the kind of like blindsidedness of both of them to realize the irony that they just want to do the mm. same thing but both and learn nothing but that's kind of the advantage of them him being focused on the not the the puzzle rather than the human mm. element because it gives him the advantage of saying well what is the best the most rational course of action you know, either both die and learn nothing, or one dies and you learn something. And to him, that's infinitely more, be infinitely better. I mean, morally, it's better as well. It's an easy choice to make once it's framed like that. But it's not easy when you're kind of conflicted. Mm. Well, I guess it's possible that they're both bothered by the unfairness of it, which yeah. still seems equally like short-sighted, because if both babies die because you took a guess. It doesn't make it any less unfair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want it to be fair, then both can die, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a like, way. Yeah, well, just, just, just remove all the antibiotics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, fair. that's completely fair. Level playing we know exactly what's going to happen. But life is not fair. <laughs> well, in, that, in the universe of House MD... Yeah, I think there's a there's a weird line of from House in the earlier episode that we were talking about where House says like reality is wrong, which is like supposed to be quite um quite like poignant, but doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. There are quite a few of those lines. We should make a tally where House says something like quite deep and dark, but it doesn't actually mean anything. Yeah, it would be absurd <laughs> for a man of science to say such things. <laughs> Okay, so Cameron's getting a little bit conflicted here. Mm -hmm. so, ooh. Well, I think this is this is one of those. This is a great episode. Not only I I really like this episode. A lot a lot of it is to do with how Cameron is handled in this episode. I think that Cameron is um mm. like her kind of she's really like separated from the group, 
in that you, she kind of, you know, you get some character out. Like before, she just seems like a competent, nice doctor. Mm. And in this episode, they really deal with her complete inability to mm. be honest. And, and, as you've, and as you've noticed, like she's very awkward around the patients. And this is like the next level of that. Like she's not just socially awkward. She is kind of half lying to people and rationalizing it. Yeah, it just seems... It seems like she's putting up a like barrier between her and patients in a way that yeah is primarily there not to protect them but to protect herself. Um, I, and the thing that I've noticed is that she's got some sort of past, which um, it just seems like that you just get this inkling that there's some sort of past um, to her that she's not divulged yet that I think affects her ability to practice as a doctor. And it might be good and bad in those ways, but yeah. Well, she, she, she definitely, she has that line where she says, um, yeah, she has that line where she says, oh, it's harder to watch people die than it is mm. to die, which hints at, you know, what, what, what's coming next. Okay. About her background. But she, I think one of the, um, like, yeah, what what what's what's then quite interesting about that is she later rationalizes that it doesn't matter what she tells the patient that they won't remember it when it's happened. And as you say, like that could be her putting up a barrier trying to defend herself, or it could be that she remembers hearing that bad news. Yeah. And that she doesn't you know, she's been on the other side of it, so she actually knows that whatever she tells the patient, it doesn't actually matter. Mm. Um, We've got the parasite scene now. It's very good. This is a pretty good <laughs> part. Yeah. No, this is a great one. And this is this is one of those clinic um clinic stories which uh which you only follow one person in the clinic, one patient. Oh, that's not yeah, yeah, that's true. And there is another character in this small um clinic case though. There is another character. The other thing that that tells me is that David treats the david shaw treats these um clinical the patients in these clinic cases with absolute contempt contempt <laughs> because they are just so dumb like mm. this one in particular just sounds like a complete moron well it's she he treats them with almost as much contempt as house does i think even more because he's <laughs> yeah. created them house <laughs> never had a choice but to confront them well, the, the the interesting thing about, so, I mean, this this isn't really like thematically tied. This is just about babies or or parasites. Yeah. As House puts it. But the um, I think I quite like about this one is that so the, the setup for anyone who yeah, doesn't remember it quite as well is that a um, woman comes in, you know, with some problems. House diagnoses that she's pregnant and it turns out that she um. She basically had cheated on her boyfriend when after they had an argument and she's not sure who the babies is. And she um, is asking House help uh, mm. to try and like do a paternity test on the unborn baby, but without telling the father, which House initially refuses to do. Um, but he uh, later later goes on to do so when she uh, she brings in the boyfriend and they pretend that it's a like a mono test. But the thing. Uh, yeah, it's my, yeah. The, th the thing I quite like about. This one is, you remember in the last episode, like House helped that woman out uh, for getting a full body scan to screw over her uh, private health care uh, because he was yeah. like, you know, you know, hurting someone else. He was hurting the authority. 
I, I quite like this one that he actually ends up helping her. Yeah. When he doesn't need to. There's something... I mean, obviously, it's it's an incredibly fucked up situation and maybe he's getting some sort of, like, dark enjoyment out of helping this woman <laughs> lie to her husband. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the few cases where House seems to do something just to do it and be nice. Yeah, out of the goodness of his own heart. Yeah, I'm not sure whether or not that makes him inconsistent or more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now they're objecting to his course of action, which is to try and alleviate the kidney failure of five by sacri- technically pay- maybe sacrificing one. Which, yeah, because what, what's, what's strange about this decision is that House then goes to visit Cuddy and the lawyer about this decision. Yeah. To basically use one patient, one baby as a, as a control. And the lawyer is saying, like, you can't do this. And then he does it anyway. And it never, no, no, seems sort of, there's no reprimanding or no problems from it. Yeah. Which, um, in a way, I quite like that the scene happens because it kind of shows, I do like when they show the admin and the thought and the, mm. like, it's not just House doing something crazy and everyone goes, okay. It's not like a rubber stamp. Although, you know, yeah, it's a, it's not a rubber stamp situation for House. But he said, but the lawyer says, oh, I don't need a good medical justification. I just need a medical justification so that <laughs> we don't get sued. It's like, all right. Yeah. In a, in a way, it's quite a ridiculous scene in that extent. Like they're kind of re- unveiling like kind of the hypocrisy of, of the hotel, of, of the hotel, of the hospital. And they're, they're not really there to treat patients. They're just there to, you know, give excuses for why they treated patients so that they can, you know, not be sued. It's an extremely yeah. like cynical look at how our hospital runs yeah it, uh, yes um and then they have to give now he has to get consent from the parents and so he kind of disperses this task to his underlings um and cameron has a bit of an issue with it she does well j- just to just to before we leave this scene what I, what i quite like as well is that cuddy is disagreeing with house yeah but at the end just says i'll do what you think is best and then obviously House just goes and does what his plan was because that's yeah. what he thinks is best. And, and I quite like that, like, Cuddy is almost saying that knowing that she's condemning a baby to death, but she kind of dissociates herself from it. Like, it's almost like she kind of agrees with House, but he's the only person with the kind of disconnect to make decisions like that. Um, yeah, she trusts House to get it right. And I think she also understands the logic of his argument, which is, look, it's a ba- it's a it's a shitty situation, um, and we have to kind of make it work. Now you have those two choices: you either all the babies die and you learn nothing, or two of the babies die and you learn nothing, or one of the babies dies and you learn something. But now we've got this little split scene bit where Foreman and Cameron are talking to the d- two different sets of parents parents and Foreman's just right down you know it's a Hail Mary pass we don't know if it's going to work or not but we've got to give it a go whereas whereas Cameron it's a little bit different she admits it she makes it she sugarcoats it in a way that is actually lying <laughs> or half lying yeah there's there's three instances of Cameron talking to the patients and I think 
progressively she gets worse. We'll know in 24 hours if it's working, but amidst to say, if it's not working, it's you, you, your child is going to die. Yeah. Um, now she's seeking counsel from Wilson, who probably the most has the most expertise in this area as an oncologist. Well, he's. I, th I think this this episode. Um, I think in a way, Cameron, because Cameron has a character growth in this episode, just based on mm. how we view her interactions with patients, and in a way, it's like by proxy of her having that growth, we also um, kind of it kind of separates her from Wilson because they stop being just you know nice doctors who are nice people. Like we actually then see how Wilson is actually very down to the line about you must tell the patient the truth and prepare them. So even though Wilson's yeah. kind and a nice guy in that sense, he actually, like, he's still a realist. Like, he thinks being nice is that he wants to, you know, tell the patient the truth and not in the way the house does where he's just telling them the patient, like, the truth to be cruel, like he's being yeah. too truthful. Like, Wilson mm. just wants the patient to be informed. And I think, like, even though initially at the start of this episode, they might have been, like, I think they kind of run into each other as just being, like, oh, nice doctors. I think, like, just based on their actions of how they treat the patient, it really, this episode starts to really separate, mm. like, the characters into their kind of, like, minutiae of what yeah. makes them different. You also see, just at the end of that scene, um, the kind of, you see Wilson's reaction, and you kind of see that he senses vulnerability in Cameron. Mm. Um, and senses that something isn't quite right, that there's something underlying in her character or her past which is preventing her from confronting the task. Mm. And you see that House says, just do it. You've <laughs> got to do it. That's just your job. You have to inform people if their children die or survive or whatever. You can't just pick the good outcome as your preferred, as, you know, where you where you will inform them, you have to also bring in the bad. Absolutely. And it's quite interesting that House and Wilson agree on that. Although I think Wilson's a little bit more humane because she he goes in in the end and actually informs the parents because he sensed that vulnerability in her because, she, because Cameron was avoiding the, the difficult task ahead and he had seen it. Yeah, well, actually, okay. you're right, whereas House says you should have just forced her to do it. Yeah, he didn't see the human the human side of Cameron in that respect, only saw the Doctor. Mm. No, it's a good point. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of minutiae being set up. Yeah. A lot of small, like, conflicts of how the characters handle the same situation. Yeah, I, yeah. I genuinely think this is, like, a really good episode for that. Um, yeah. It really like stands out as a as one i remember very well if only it was just orange as well orange i think, yeah. that, <laughs> I think that would have completed the look i think there's two couples in this episode and the husband and yeah. wife i think it's a husband and wife and the and the lesbian couple or i can't tell if yeah. it's like a woman and her sister i don't think it's ever actually established yeah but um yeah the the husband and wife are definitely like i mean for the whole series i think they're better patients they're more i mean they're not even the patient which is the interesting thing like there's mm. a baby as a patient but obviously the baby can't really have a character it's not going to say anything interesting it's like two days old but they're um 
like as you said like she's having a chat with like Cameron uh, Chase about how their marriage might fail and it does feel like there's like thoughts there behind yeah. the characters like they're worrying about things they're thinking they're about also it also raises the stakes you know yeah no, they no. lose their child they all you know they're not in well of course losing a child is devastating um but it will also be the disintegration of their relationship potentially or they've already kind of resigned themselves to that fate um so there is so much more it's there's so much at stake not just the life of the child um you also see the relentlessness of chase he will not give up yeah no it's a, it's 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 a good point he i think they very specifically wanted chase to do something in this episode and even though he doesn't have a lot to do they, i think they they made him be the one to do the um uh, what, what what's it called it's not cpr when you're shocking uh defibrillation yeah like he defibs that kid specifically so you can see him not give up shows like a especially especially with the fact that you know he knows that a marriage might fail because of it Mm. like he's doing his best to just like push on but that they were the they were worrying she was worrying because she was fully informed the other two they didn't have any clue what was going to happen next and they just wandered up to the area and here we go. This is a critical moment. Oh, you know what? I, I hadn't actually noticed that. Yeah, the yeah the couple that's been informed is like she's already thinking. Oh, yeah, she's worried. Went. She's scared, scared shitless. Yeah. He, yeah, you're right. The other couple is just standing there, right. just going what? what? Yeah. So it kind of puts pay to a whole assertion of well, it doesn't matter what what I say to them. Mm. You know, it's not going to change anything, but actually, it changes a lot. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good observation about how evil Cameron is. She's not evil. <laughs> she's just she's just a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. Like I say, she's awkward. She doesn't like conflict. Mm. She likes making conflict. <laughs> doesn't like um. Doesn't like. But she avoids conflict with patience because she has a her own experiences. Obviously, mm. she's here. We go. Wilson comes in. I really like the way the scene is done. That we don't actually have any dialogue. Mm. I think it's. Just a nicely directed little scene where through the body language yeah. you know what's happening. Yeah. Although I do like the way it's edited because it looks like it looks like Wilson just walks up, goes, Your baby's dead, and then wanders off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, just walks off casually. Well, like, cause it's so quick. He only says like two things. And also <laughs> looming over Cameron, who just is completely speechless. Yeah. And then just walks away. Having had zero response, taking zero responsibility for anything. Absolutely, which I think pisses off House. Oh yeah, extremely. But um, but it, uh, then again, he does like he doesn't confront Cameron instantly. He checks with people. He like asks Wilson, and then he he goes like he actually confronts Wilson about not co- forcing her to do it. But he does go over and ask Foreman later, and say like, "Oh, how's she doing?" Yeah, and I, I get the sense that he actually he's trying to weigh up why she didn't do it. Yeah. And actually, like, at least try and emote as much as he can. Or else he just storm up to Cameron and say, oh, you fucking ridiculous doctor, you should be fired. Which I think uh, Dr. House is well within rights to do. Yeah. I think it, it's, a res- it's a necessary responsibility. And she shirked it because she 
it was a bit too real for her. Absolutely. Whereas Wilson just went in there, he went, hey, your baby's dead. Go home. And then Wilson says, maybe, but Wilson then also says, maybe, (laughs) maybe Cameron should do research. Maybe she shouldn't be on the front lines. Maybe she shouldn't be in this fellowship. Yeah. You know, questioning the, her ability to be a doctor. Yeah, I mean, if any, like, House has never said that. Like, that's actually quite yeah. a cruel thing for him to say. No, he's ranting and raving about how we don't use antibiotics properly. Yeah, this is another, um, like, they, they clearly had a big folder of doctor tropes that they wanted to get through, and, like, over-vaccination is, like... Well, it's not... Not vaccination. It's not over-vaccination, it's, like... Over-prescription of antibiotics. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's one of the ones on the list that they wanted to check off, which is why... House just does a monologue about it when everyone in the room agrees. Yeah, I wonder if um, it's a new thing at this point in 2004. I mean, for us, it's quite a commonplace thing here about superbugs, but you know, MRSA was a big thing back then, I think. That's true. And then, uh, then, then this is the scene that once again shows... <laughs> a lovely transition from one scene to the other as well, a close-up of his head. But, but once again, it, it goes from a... Like, it goes from a scene where he's just going, oh, over-vaccinating is ridiculous, go home. And then to him doing an autopsy and a baby. And it and yeah. it weirdly, it goes from quite jokey to relatively, you know, depressing. Because it has this slow pull-out mm. to reveal what he's doing. Yeah. The... And I think it's... Uh, but it, but it, it, it all works tonally. It's like the, the show really does strike a pretty incredible tone. Yeah. That it does pull off very well. Well, it's a similar thing to how he was doing the grunt work on the research in the earlier in last episode uh, Occam's Razor where um, he's just sitting at the you know he's sitting at the desk doing the research putting in the hours and in the same way he's doing that there he's yeah. having to do this autop- his autopsy <laughs> and then uh, and then yeah it it turns out that the whole thing was pointless and that it was a viral infection instead which is particularly bleak, and no one really focuses on it, I guess, because the reality is there's nothing really to focus on. It'd be really heavy-hitting for a program to go, crap, we got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, but the they don't focus on dead. that. It's barely brought up. It's like, oh, yeah, we were wrong. They have to focus, but they're, they're scientists, they're doctors, they have to, they're clinicians, they have to focus on the here and now and what they can save now rather than dwell on what... It's like, oh, you know... A baby's dead because we gave them two lots of antibiotics and their kidneys failed. Oh, well. Yeah, it's true. I think in another show that probably would have been like a really big plot point where everyone would have felt guilty. But instead the... But, yeah, the, mm. show, the show kind of instead doesn't focus on them feeling guilty for their decisions because at the end of the day, they're just mm. like they're doing educated guesses. It's instead like how they handle those Ooh. decisions, which is, you know telling the parents that their baby might not die correctly. Um, I think also um, it would make the writing very clunky, like the plot wouldn't work properly for about 40 or 50 minutes show. So having them delve deep into the moral philosophy of a, what could have been a avoidable death would have just been a bit overkill. Yeah. And also a little bit too controversial, I guess. Even, well... You know, what do what do you mean in terms of like it would make it it would bring up so many questions, so many moral conundra that need resolving in order to in order to get to the end of the show. 
<laughs> be like an yeah. hour and a half episode. Hour and a half. Well, probably a multi-part episode. <laughs> the house inquiry into unnecessary deaths. <laughs> yeah, the lawyer would come back. Just be like, oh, I hope you gave them a good reason. I hope you gave the, got gave them informed consent. Whoops. <laughs> Cameron's just delving into a book randomly. Well, hey, I mean, I'm 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 glad that this scene is showing them reading and in the lab. I I re I really think that the series starts to lose that. You think? Ah. Yeah. Which which you know it's it's what I mean. I'd love to I'd love to you know hear your observations when we get to those bits or when you notice it. Yeah. Because in in hindsight, it's just like you know. That, that just them reading and learning and researching it's um i i know it would be repetitive in the long run but i think they're really nice little touches that make it just seem like these people as you say are scientists yeah like that they don't just know all the answers or that there's just a magic eureka moment there's hard work at play being used here they have to work hard for the answer well th this episode's quite rare because there isn't really a eureka moment in this episode no like they go from uh doing the control group killing a baby Finding out it's not antivirus, it's not a, it's a viral infection, yeah. and then here they test the babies, and it turns out that the babies have all the viral, like have antibodies for all the viruses or most of them, and then they realise that it's the mother's antibodies causing that issue. So then they test the parents, yeah, uh, you know, see which which antibodies differ, and then they know what the babies have, and it's they they solve it. I think they solve it about forty minutes into a fifty minute episode. It's yeah. um. It's it's an extremely clear cut case. The there isn't really a eureka moment. There's then House then sort of spends a little time afterwards thinking about what could have been the source of the virus. Um, I think trying to cement that idea that he never leaves a case alone. It's not just about solving it, which they've done for the last um, two episodes now. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it doesn't really follow the House formula in that way. Yeah. Which um, it's it's a nice change. I, I I'm glad that even this early on, they're not sticking to the formula. Yeah, there's there's grunt work involved, and also they do discuss the limits of exact sanguinating babies <laughs> that they could get about good five or six tests out of each baby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then there we go. He's he's circled the virus that's responsible. That's the end of the episode. That's that, never, that's the end of the case. That would be the end of the episode. If it was a conventional medical procedural drama, absolutely, alas. And, well, this this episode is is definitely it's less about the medicine. Um, I think this is a very character heavy episode, and as you say, like in another medical procedure, it would have now ended. Yeah, but this episode isn't isn't focused on the medicine at all. It's entirely about you know what the characters are going through and trying to expand on the characters. Yeah, and um. I think that's what makes it such a great episode. Like it's an extremely dramatic episode, and the drama isn't from going like, "Oh, you know, where did the virus come from?" The drama is in how everyone handles that crisis. Yes, um, and it's good. It's good in that respect. Yeah, I mean, they they take a, for a prime time, you know, show, which up until this point have been relatively light hearted. They've um, like they're 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 definitely putting in they're making the situation have gravity mm. they're definitely showing the nitty-gritty of like two parents crying over their newly born baby <laughs> like they're not being flippant about it and just using it as like the background for a but but it also shows the strength 
the the positive aspect of um, Cameron's character flaw, which is mm. she wants them to be able to look after the baby in at least some limited way. Whereas if she had been just down the line, clinical, like house or detached, that wouldn't have happened. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so there's it, a bit it, of resolution to that. It's like, well, yeah, she shirked her responsibility as a doctor, but she gave something more Yeah, the patients. I, I, she, she's overthinking what the patient's going through so yeah as you say like in this situation where um it, i mean the situation this episode's over effectively the yeah. medical conundrum's been solved but she lets the parents be involved in the treatment hmm. and as you say it shows that she's like she's too caring and it, at, at, at points where nothing's going wrong that's perfect she allows like patients to have a great time and like you know really be able to heal but at the worst moment, she's just completely incapable of making anyone upset and just shirks responsibility. Hmm. Uh, I, I think it's a matter of uh, her character flaw is a virtue in some instances and a vice in others. Hmm. Um, it was a virtue in that situation where she was able to empathize with the the parents but and use it for good and it reinforced their relationship. But it's a vice when it comes to confronting difficult truths. Hmm. I, I do. I mean, all the characters, you're right about that. Like a lot of the characters follow that pattern. I, I do. I do wonder if they, <clears throat> I, I mean, I imagine there must've been a lot of discussion about this when building, like when developing the characters, because everyone does seem to follow that. Like, Oh, house, he's really intelligent. And, you know, he knows how to get the job done, but we'll take that too far. And then like foreman's a different level of that. And then there's the positive, traditionally positive qualities like being nice and kind and empathetic. And then mm -hmm. yet again, Cameron and Wilson are on different elements of that. Um, it's, it's definitely an episode that starts separating the characters, even though they're fundamentally like come from the same places, either they're nice or they're too logical or anything. But then it kind of shows how those qualities start to differentiate them slightly. Yeah. And then... David Shaw wants to pull the elastic as far back as possible yeah. to see how extreme these character flaws or characters, like features of the characters can be distorted or extended or stressed. And yet again, 10 minutes ago, the case was solved and they wait 10 minutes before Chase says that tells the family, hey, everything's fine, which um, it's just a long tail end extension because we knew that everything would be fine mm. oh there and you see cameron's excluded from it she's on her own in that shot whereas foreman and chase are there to regale in the the glory of saving this child and cameron just is there going oh i'm drinking some coffee <laughs> oh, a bit awkward again why are you doing why are you doing an impression of cameron like that i don't Without know any respect i just feel like it's her inner mo monologue <laughs> rather than an external one I, w I was being fucking rude about Cameron a couple of episodes ago now you're I've, I've turned I'm, I'm like she's great yeah I shut you down I think one of us has to fulfill rotating duties on shitting on characters every so often <laughs> fair enough no, I, no she's a go-getter though she's ambitious but yeah this is a character flaw yeah, now they're discussing it House is confronting her well he's 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 confronting her and curious about why she's doing what she's doing. 
so he's and, not just yeah. giving her a bollocking he's curious he's being nosy yeah. he's um he wants to solve this puzzle because yeah because each of his underlings his fellow uh fellows um they are puzzles to him as well he wants to mm. figure out who they are he wants to see how they tick she's the more mysterious of them all yeah well he's worked out chase has a uh a rich daddy you know yeah. foreman's got his street smarts well not a rich daddy a very very well connected and um reputable uh doctor in his own right that's true correctly but uh but yeah as you say like cameron's the mystery which i mean i guess in a way like it, it it's possible that that's even been on purpose and the like that I, I felt she had bad character development in the earlier episodes might have been, you know, a purposeful thing that they wanted her to be more mysterious. Oh, perhaps, yeah. And this is the, like, again, this is the obsessive epilogue. As you say, this is where House has to know. He's in the haystack. He, can't, he has to look for the needle. And and the outcome of the episode is that there's a, there's a, a woman... Uh, giving teddy bears out to the babies who is incredibly ill and almost killed six children uh who i don't believe gets any kind of telling off she's the ultimate villain ah Mm. but you see this is the thing it always cuts to cuts to house looking and realizing who that person is but you don't see the action afterwards and that happens a few times she might be out of there (laughs) she's gone i don't um yeah, I, I get the feeling that House wouldn't say anything. No, he, unless he's just happy with knowing that he solved it, but then she's a medical risk. Surely you'd want to nip that one in the bud. Well, I mean, is is this a uh, is this a critique of like you know, uh, American sick pay, and how people are forced to come into work even when they're too ill? Wow, you're looking deep into this. And as an, a lawyer, maybe he's dealt with cases like that, Mr. David Shaw. <laughs> Absolutely. But does he do anything? So he, he does a little wry smile, but you don't see something coming out of his mouth. <laughs> so I'm I'm not convinced that nothing happened. He's not that. I think he just knocked her out. Knocked her out? I needed to process that for a moment. Just, you think he just went out with his cane and said, unclean, and just started whacking the <laughs> living shit out of that woman. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Mr. David Shaw. He just killed a baby. <laughs> He's a sick bastard. <laughs> well, um, yeah, overall, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on episode four maternity? Well, the kicker at the end is that, you know, he took on the uh, maternity case in the clinic. Mm. as a means to get access to the lounge. Um, but it's a really strong episode. I think it does more of the kind of, like you say, the character work, you know, develops the characters a little bit more, puts them in a difficult situation where they have to make a difficult moral dilemma that then later seems unnecessary. Mm. So that's great. You know, great for prime time. Makes you think, doesn't it? Don't have nightmares. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's just a, it's just a good, strong character episode. Yes, I agree. And I, think... um, I can't remember the future episodes. I, 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 I hope there's more because the 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 character episodes are by far the best ones. Yeah, 
Oh, but I like I liked Occam's Razor, but you you're not so enamoured by it because I guess it hasn't got that character development that you're looking for. It's house static house. That's true. I think I I I do I do like Occam's Razor. I just think compared to this, I think after seeing this episode, I realised that where what my favourite episodes were because I really enjoyed episode two as well, Paternity, just just because it was a really good like character development episode and um maybe once the characters are developed they're you know the character episodes won't be as strong because they'll just be finding things to talk about but i think in terms of like what i've enjoyed so far having rewatched the series like the the character development episodes are definitely my favorite it's been nice to see how much how how slowly the characters introduced and how like sort of how how layered everything is yeah you're not dealing with your average um average joe um drama where the characters are basically you know manufactured beforehand you're introduced to them in episode one and all the character growth is done there and then and then Mm. you just follow that on and you may have situations where their scenarios or situations change but actually their characters don't it's like oh how does this character who's fairly static um react to an interesting situation that may you know affect them permanently but then once that happens like you know character loses their legs or something um and they become you know wheelchair bound but the character doesn't change but their situation does and the situation is seen as like a poor substitute for the character development you know creating that story or um those difficulties that really need to be done to have something that's really unique and interesting like house absolutely well, i think i i agree with that as well like it 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 does something that other shows don't do especially at the time in that i i think in another show and i've i i don't have specific examples but i have like sort of a generalization of shows doing this is i think yeah poss- possibly in shows like lost a little mm. bit um, if a character had like a mysterious backstory, you it, that would be the mystery in and of itself. Yeah. Whereas you learn like you learn about the character's backstory not through flashbacks, mm. like how Lost would do it. Um, but like you you get that Cameron has a backstory through her actions and knowing that she's not quite acting right in these situations and like the little things she says. There's clearly something going on, but that backstory is affecting how she's acting now mm. and that's how it's deduced it's not just like a mysterious thing and i quite like that the show then doesn't tell us what that is it's something to learn later and even though it's a small subplot it like gives a lot of depth to her whereas i think in other shows it probably would have just been like like with the wheelchair example that you just gave it would have been a like just just a mystery but it wasn't actually having any effect on the character now yeah. or changing the way they behave yeah it seems like a bit of a um thing people just lazily write their characters um, and say, okay, if I just maim them or I change something about them or, you know, I make them get a divorce or something, that in itself is sufficient for character development. But actually, no. And and to, for Lost's, def- in defense of Lost, the reason why those flashbacks work so well is because you've had this massive event at the beginning of Lost and then everyone's question is, what were they like before that? What makes yeah. them interesting now? 
Why do they have this approach to certain people? And how? why do they re interact with other characters in different ways? That seems weird from the outset. But you're right. It, House does, does approach this from a different angle. And does approach the idea of character development from a different angle, I mean. Um, as in this episode. Um, I think... Yeah, and this isn't to say that static character development is a bad thing. I mean, you look at Star Trek, you know, The Next Generation, and it's basically the same characters over and over and over and over again, put in crazy, wacky situations. What's interesting about that is how those characters, as we know them, confront the issues ahead of them. And then it's all reset afterwards, apart from, like, you know, multi those multi-part multi -part episodes or, you know, the one example I can think of for TNG is um, uh, Picard and the Borg thing. Um, yeah, but, absolutely. But apart from that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to make a character-driven show, like House is trying to do, then it does it really well. Yeah, and the and the characters do. I mean, I, I assume we'll have to watch a few episodes to notice it, but the characters definitely. At the moment, they're trying to explain why the characters are the way they are. Yeah. But going forward, we'll see how they change, which the show definitely does do, as you say, more than like TNG does. Um, I think the most character development that anyone has in TNG is that Picard just hates children in season one and then doesn't hate children in season two just because they dropped it. Yeah. Less so than he developed. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was just saying with TNG, you know, that's its format. That's its formula. That's how it works. And there's mm. nothing wrong with that. Um it just is when you try and you you try and create a show where character development is part of it. House does that very well. And the other thing about uh, character development with a house is that it shows; it doesn't tell, mm. which is really good. It treats the it treats the audience with respect that they can get it. That someone like me can just go, "All right, yeah, Cameron's got this. Something's going on with Cameron. Yeah, something's not quite right." The way people interact with House is there's something not quite right with the way they do that. Mm. And I'm hoping that I'll, you know, I'll see that and that will get shown to me rather than, oh, didn't you know House is a bit of a druggie or something or oh, House has a bit of a weird thing, you know, telling me point blank through like dialogue or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Sorry. Absolutely. Well. That was episode four, Maternity. So many left. We're, how many episodes of House are there? It's like there's, like, there's, there's about 200 and something. I, I don't think it's like 200. Isn't it like 180, 170? It, it's, it's close to 200. It's getting there. Okay. Well, um, so <clears throat> we're only four episodes into that. Oh, we'll, we'll, burn, we'll do multiple. We'll start doing multiple. We'll burn through them. 2% in. We'll just cover like season, the shit seasons, like season five and like one episode. <laughs> no, no, we can't do that. It's a disservice to our audience. Absolutely. <laughs> all three of them, probably. Oh all right, well, God. episode four, Maternity, a great episode. I think we both agree. I agree. And uh, join us next week when we'll, we'll be talking about episode five, but we might talk about a few episodes. It depends. It depends on, uh, on how much we find to talk about, but thank you to, to Gaz joining me to chat about this thank you excellent we'll see see you next week <laughs>